All right, guys, we are back for another episode of the Hustle Podcast. And today I have a very special guest uh, who a lot of you guys probably have been following on social media, seeing his projects, um, James Bathia, a.k.a. The Whole Wheat Builder. <laughs> uh, so today uh, we have a little bit of a part one, part two series with this, just because um, as James has been in our area, you probably have seen starting with developments, construction side, and I really am excited to get into that part. But I think leading up to that, a lot of people are curious about your history, you know, on your Instagram profile. I remember when I stumbled across your page, it was pro football player. And I was like, okay, should we ask for an autograph? Like, um, so anyway, I think it'd be really cool just to kind of hear your background. And obviously you're here in Reading. Um, and there's some probably reason behind that. So take it away. Yeah. Let's go. Where, <laughs> where would you like to start? Uh, <laughs> what, what do you think is a good, what do you think is a good place uh, to start? You know, I think that anybody listening into this podcast really has a heart and desire behind it just to kind of know they want to build something. They want to come from something. Maybe it's building a business. Maybe it's yeah. developing. Maybe it's investing. Some people like yourself were had a history with sports um, and they see that as a career. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of things that go into that. So um, maybe share a little bit about your background in sports and kind of how you got out of that. And, you know, now we're here sure. at Reading. Yeah. So I grew up playing football, uh, running track my pretty much my entire life. Mm-hmm. My dad played football. So I begged my parents <laughs> yeah. to play po- football, even though it was something that they weren't, um, they didn't really want me to do, but I mm-hmm. begged because I wanted to be like my dad. So I started playing football around like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would just hand me the ball and I would just run left or run right. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found out I was fast. Um, so then they put me in track. And then um, kind of from there, it, it I guess it took off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went to high school, um, got a scholarship to uh, UC Berkeley. Um, went to UC Berkeley because it was the number one public school. I think it actually still is the number one public school in the country. I was homeschooled, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I got a scholarship to UC Berkeley um, and then uh, went uh, went there for four years, um, uh, studied uh, architecture in the beginning, um, okay. but it was really hard to keep up with um, just crazy architecture. There are so many classes that you have to take, mm-hmm. um, that I couldn't keep up with basically the football side and the architecture side. So I switched to history. Okay. Kind of random. I that was, is really random. I <laughs> <laughs> My plan was to go to law school. Um, okay. and then with the proceeds that I would make, uh, as a lawyer, then I could build slash develop. I got a job before that. Um, playing when I say playing uh on teams as as a professional player mm-hmm. um so uh I was a free agent mm-hmm. and was on about five or six different teams but I was pretty much bottom of the barrel mm-hmm. um, I never really played I was always scratching and clawing just to stay on the team mm-hmm. and so I think a portion of like who I am as a person was that mentality yeah is every Thursday was cut day mm-hmm. and so in my mind, even during practice, I had to make sure I was making plays um, or performing at a very high level, or I knew that the following Tuesday or the next Tuesday, we call him the Grim Reaper, <laughs> mm-hmm. but this, um, uh, he didn't look like the Grim Reaper at all. Yeah. He was like a smaller business guy, pretty much on every team. He would come around, and if you knew he was headed towards your locker, you knew you were getting cut. 
So mm-hmm. once we saw that guy, we were like, oh, man. We're out. So, <laughs> exactly. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't Thursday. It was Tuesday. Yeah. Every Tuesday, uh, they would well, they would go around. And, and basically, depending on the needs for the team. Uh, and since I was at the bottom of the barrel, every Tuesday I was worried about um, Where potentially you go? getting cut. Yeah. yeah. Or not even – or just going home and not getting paid. Yeah. Uh, and so – my mentality from like the business world, um, that it's kind of still there. Mm-hmm. Like even though that's not a reality, mm-hmm. I still have that mentality that there's a potential that if I don't perform at a very high level that I'm going to get cut. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of followed me, you know, throughout my life and now my business slash building career. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Would you say that uh, it's a blessing in, in disguise or would you say sometimes it's a curse to have like – not curse as it gets a bad thing, but like that mentality of like, you know, if I don't perform, I get cut. Like, do you feel like that's kind of what's driven you probably since that day, like to where you are and what you're building now? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think um, it is definitely what's driving me and what has driven me uh, mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, part of it is that's just who I am as a person, but then also living in that environment for years. Because mm-hmm. um, even in college, it's kind of the same mentality. There's always somebody... There's always a new freshman who comes in mm-hmm. who wants to take your spot. And yeah. so it's always that mentality of like, you got to make plays. You got to keep you, you gotta yourself. Yeah, yeah. You got to hustle. You know, you got to be the first one in the weight room. You got to be the first one to practice. You got to be the last one to leave. And I still kind of have that that mm-hmm. mentality <laughs> with kids and a family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Trying> to... <laughs> Everybody gets my mentality. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and, it, and it is. And it, it's funny. My wife, um, we were talking about it yesterday. And I have this like win at all cost mentality. It's mm-hmm. not like I do. Um, and so she made this comment to me and I really had to ponder it. She was she said, hey, my fear is that in the effort and your strive to win that that you could potentially hurt and affect our family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that that's super deep. And I thought about it. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no way. But the more I thought about it, I was like, man, I <laughs> I think she's right. Yeah. Like I have this mentality to win at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if that affects our family? Mm-hmm. Like what if the situations financially put our family at risk because I'm willing to mm-hmm. win at all costs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say like I'm in I grew up. My dad um, was um, uh, workers comp and he would just like grind, grind, grind. And there's moments that he'll say in his, you know, now being retired, like he's like, I wish like. There was moments that you didn't see like all of me just bringing homework, doing it and that whole grind just because he was just more at running a firm and he's like, I got to do what I got to do. Like there's clients and whatnot. Um, And I would say I kind of have like a similar like I'm a very competitive person inwardly, outwardly. I'd be like, yeah, you can win inwardly. I like I'm going (laughs) to, you you know, (laughs) no, (laughs) but, um, you know, I'm a very competitive person. I think I'm more of a competitive person with myself, like, you know, like chasing to be the best version of myself. And I think, you know, in sports and kind of like your background, I mean, I will say I did sports for like a semester till I ripped my ACL. So I'm <laughs> not very sport gifted. Um, but um, <clears throat> in doing that, I think it created still a mindset of like the the competitor mindset, you know. Yep. And I think in, in building and growing something, whether it's a business, whether it's in sports or whether it's a, you know, a development project, it's almost like putting your blinders on can almost be the the thing that hurts you because you can't you, you can get so focused on yeah. something so quickly that you forget your why you forget what yeah. this is all worth. Um, and, you know, I think that's the 
that's the beauty of being probably as we kind of explore a little bit more your like development and kind of your growth here. Um, it's the beauty of that because you get to create, uh, sky's the limit. And that was kind of like when I was in my nursing job, I was like, well, I feel like I've just reached my limit. Like I go work three twelves and you know, 12 to 12 and I'm done, you know? And and there's, that's a good conversation. Um, that is the world that me and my wife came from. Yeah. So we were, um, uh, we worked in EMS. Mm -hmm. So we would bring patients to, Mm -hmm. that's actually how we met. Mm. And, and there was a point in that time where, I felt like I was just the butts in the seat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, what am like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Like, like I literally, there's no creativity. I yep. literally, all I had to do was show up to work. As you know, you follow the algorithms. Yeah. Yep. There's like some nuance to each different patient. You can climb the scale, but really. <laughs> but like the reality of it is you get a patient and there's algorithms that you follow and then you pass them yep. on. And it's the same thing every go, day. Go, and go. after seven years of it, I was like, man, I didn't go to school for this. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This isn't who I am. Who James is, mm-hmm. is I remember um, someone asked, how did it start? Mm-hmm. I've always been into like the design world. Mm-hmm. Like when I played football, I would, um, on my days off, I would go to Barnes and Noble and sit in the magazine section and look through home decor. Mm-hmm. And But one of the things that was really funny, I used to rush home from football games mm-hmm. um, in college to uh, watch trading spaces, which you may be too young to remember. Bro, no, I know trading spaces. <laughs> I know trading spaces. Okay. TLC, yes. you swap the spaces. Yeah, it was and- like eight or nine o'clock on Saturdays. <laughs> I would rush home for after football games to watch trading spaces because I love to see This is going to be the build. highlight clip on our Instagram. Because <laughs> I love people building and developing and watching how they take these horrible spaces mm-hmm. and take two thousand dollars and turn it into something cool yeah but that's that's what that's who james all my free time mm-hmm. it's either espn or, or hgtv or hgtv <laughs> no, <not, laughs> or pinteresting new designs or building yeah. science that's just i absolutely love your world is has to be creative it, it is i love what i do i love taking dirt and turning into um cool spaces or just rooms and turning them into cool spaces. Um, so backing up, football, obviously you kind of like were more of like a free agent. Yeah. What made you just like cut football and finish your history major? Or <laughs> 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 what What kind of like uh, cut the cord for that to go, okay, this isn't working for me. Like how how do I control my narrative of what I want to do a little bit yeah, better? Yeah, that, that's not really how it works um, when you're – I don't know football. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in the football world, you don't normally um, decide to quit. Okay. Um, they quit for it you. It kind of quits you. <laughs> but uh, no pun intended, it is also part of my faith walk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I remember probably one of my last games, um, uh, I, they had a chapel mm-hmm. before um, uh, football. And the pastor was talking about, um, I don't remember what Bible verse it was, but he was saying, hey, I just... Um, I know like this is everyone's dream to to be here, um, but I want to make sure that you are focused on like what you're doing this for and why you're here. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I got out of that is like, man, what what he was talking about, what the sermon was about was, um, are you doing this for the right reason? Mm-hmm. Not just football, but just in life. Mm-hmm. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And not only are you doing what you're supposed to be doing or what God has ordained you to do, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, 
uh, who are you doing it for? And if you're not doing it for God mm-hmm. um, or your family, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I actually had a great, I actually played, this was actually in the CFL at that point, uh, Canadian Football League. I had a great I was game. Like, Thank you. For yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I had a great game that game. Um, and uh, at the end of the game, I had like a cross similar to this, but I had a cross on my tape. Mm hmm. And dead center, I was in the front page of the paper, which has never happened before. Mm-hmm. The front page of the Vancouver Times. I don't know if that's the right one, but mm-hmm. the Vancouver Times. Dead center of it was me making a tackle. And the only thing that was in focus was the cross on my arm. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it actually changed. Like I was like, man, what am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. And I felt like at, at that point, for whatever reason, that was like a sign from God to me that, hey, James, I don't know if you're doing this for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And what I came to realize is that I was doing it for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. I was doing it for money, for my family. For fame. For, like, to please, um, and sorry if my parents are watching this, but <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was doing it for, um, to please my grandpa. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, that is the wrong reason to be doing anything in life. Yeah. And it really set me off in this trajectory to figure out what God put me on earth to do and what I was meant basically mm-hmm. to do on earth. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think, so once you kind of stepped away from that game, had like your moment of faith, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, um, what kind of now, what then pivoted you? You went a little bit, were you in the medical field at that time as well? Or Yeah. So okay. I was, I was, um, uh, tra- transitioning into um the firefighter mm-hmm. world i was trying to become a firefighter oh, you're a jack of all trades yeah. <laughs> and in, and in the process of trying to be a firefighter um obviously you have to get your emt your yeah. paramedic okay and then what happened there was a stalling period where they weren't hiring in the bay mm-hmm. and so the bay area um and so i couldn't get a job so i ended mm-hmm. up getting like i don't want to say stuck but i ended up being stuck in that ems world for about 7 seven years the benefit is that i met my wife there's Mm -hmm. no way i would have met her and or married her if we would have met outside of but you sit on the ambulance with somebody for 12 hours you really get to know who they are as a person (laughs) what's your favorite color (laughs) exactly exactly. Uh, we're gonna go deeper (laughs) you wanna go on a date with me and and that's what happened it was yeah it was i think we worked two shifts together uh, two shifts together and i'm like man she's kind of dope yeah. Because you sit on the ambulance. Literally, I don't think we ran. We probably ran three or four calls in two shifts, yeah. which is unheard of. Yeah. So what we did is we talked about CrossFit and her family. And I think at one point, I think she actually had a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about her boyfriend. And I was giving, <laughs> giving her relationship <laughs> I was. I was, like, I was like, you should have him read Men Are From Mars, Girls Are From Venus. I think that's the book. <laughs> I was like, it changed my relationship um, and yeah. how I view um women and relationship mm-hmm. because it just it is it's a different um emotionally women tend to deal with emotions a lot different than men do mm-hmm. i kind of maybe you do too but i curl mm-hmm. in a ball and deal with my emotions on my on my own mm-hmm. my wife you can talk to dylan <laughs> <laughs> yes perfect <laughs> and then my wife is more of she <laughs> she processes her thoughts out loud to yeah. me Mm-hmm. And so I just had to understand that. And a big part of it was reading I've never been book. gifted with timing. Don't always be like, your timing is unfortunately <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Great. It's like going to bed. I'm like, babe, 
what do you want to talk about? He's like, <laughs> babe, I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. So y'all met, um, EMS. Um, so where did, how did that in turn keep your creativity of your dream yeah. of, you know, creating something for you and like what you've kind of always had inside of you. Yeah. I think, I think how that happened was, um, because of the schedule that we had, you know, we have, um, I think it was three on four off. We worked a similar schedule that you probably worked as a nurse at some mm -hmm. point, um, uh, working 12 hour shifts, but towards the end, the back end of my career as, um, in the medical field or in EMS, mm -hmm. um, before, uh, tiny homes became mm -hmm. big, Mm -hmm. I had a detached garage in our house that I turned into a, a small mother-in-law suite before ADUs were even a thing. You're like, uh, I branded and attacked this <laughs> <No>. idea. <laughs> I didn't brand it, but it, it was one of the first things that I ever did. I yeah. had never really even picked up a hammer. And I was like, hey, babe, I think I could turn this into like a tiny house. She was like, what? Yeah. She's like, <laughs> she like, oh, yeah, I could do it. Yeah, no yeah. problem. So what I would do on shift is I would... Um, so like one of the first things I had to do was run a sewer line yeah. from the garage, a new sewer line. Learn this from trading spaces, I know. <laughs> yeah, which I knew. So I watched a bunch of YouTube videos yeah. on how to run, where, how to do a sewer line, how to run an excavator. I mean, it was actually kind of funny because the guy, I, I rented an excavator and the guy looks at me, which is kind of offensive and goes, hey, do you know how to use this? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> and no. I, and I go, uh, I mean, I've watched some YouTube videos. I think I can figure it out. He gave me a quick demo. And I ended up running a um, was it sixty foot, jeez, four four foot deep water trench uh, wow. or sewer trench, uh -huh. and it was like the beginning of like, man, if I could do this, mm -hmm. I kind of could do anything. And so, and so I spent about. It's a really nice compliment <laughs> to yourself. Yeah. If I could dig a trench, I could, I could do house. anything. <laughs> and and so what happened is I just continued to like I'd go on shift. I'd go okay. Well, now I need to frame. Yeah. So I'd watch. 10 or 15 videos on how to frame a house. Then it was how to plumb. And so in the process of doing that, I really did learn a mm -hmm. ton because I just had that same mentality. Yep. It was like, oh, I could do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to stop. Worst case scenario, I hire someone to do it, but I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. And that honestly what kind of started my, my development journey. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife, um, at one point, I had all the windows taped off because I was painting or doing drywall. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was days where she would come outside and be like, hey, babe, I think you need to shut it down. I'm like, babe, it's like six o'clock. She's like, no, it's not. It's one in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I could have been there all night. Oh. I just loved what I was yeah. doing. And so what that did is like, man, I love doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I decided to like delve into the world of being coming a GC. And I yeah. started doing like fireplaces and stuff like that. And that's kind of started mm -hmm. me on this development building journey. Gotcha. Did you ever go and get your construction license or? <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, um, <laughs> this is crazy. Her, um, once again, this is God. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure who listens to this, but it's all God at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so I had started my own little, um, handyman service. Yeah. Working, doing like fireplace and tile and yeah. stuff like that. And that lasted for probably a few months. And then, my wife's best friend at the time was like, hey, um, and my dad has like, he does like, he remodels kitchens. Mm -hmm. you, you should give him a call and see if you could work with him for a little bit. And I'm like, man, I didn't go to UC Berkeley to push brooms for somebody. Yeah. And then I had this like, um, something in my heart was saying, you know what, James, just go 
meet with him. Yeah. So I call him. I say, hey, your daughter said that, you know, you might be looking for help. I'd love to just kind of see what you're working on. Yeah. So I show up to his Hands job site. Room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I show up to his job site. And um, at that point, one of the projects that I would have been on or that I did that I was on at, mm-hmm. that I that I moved into, they were doing eight um, custom homes in the Oakland Hills, which is a really expensive area. If you guys don't know in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. each one of the homes sold for about three million dollars. Wow. And so I called her. I'm like, your dad doesn't do like small kitchen remodels. And she's like, I think he, yes, he does. <laughs> like, yeah, you obviously. <laughs> Let me show you where on the map we are. Exactly. And not only was that what they, that wasn't the only thing they were doing. We were, um, the company that I still work for today was actually um, kind of rebuilding or helping rebuild the downtown in uh, the Oakland area. Mm. And so we at that time we were building three or four apartment complexes, um, yeah. And so I immediately was like, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. And Let's so go. that that's how I went from YouTube. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> learning learning how to frame on YouTube to building. I think at this point I have about four hundred thousand square feet of residential wow. space under my belt in the last ten years, and big part of it was God, but it also it also took me doing it myself. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that, um, one of the reasons I still have a job mm-hmm. is because I've learned the permitting game like the back of my hand. Yeah. Uh, because, but it started with me having to do it myself. Yeah. I had to do it myself without anyone showing me what to do. Mm-hmm. So getting things through permit, dealing with the city, dealing with the um, government officials yeah. is, if I say one of the things that I'm strong at or really good at. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, you know, uh, in essence, anybody kind of stepping into a creative space or building or developing or doing whatever. It's just like you have to know every single angle of it or try to learn every part of it so that you can really understand then like where you can delegate out or what you want to actually run with. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, um, I could wear my hat of real estate and I still to this day, like still have angles that I still could overturn and like learn a lot better on, but then it's almost like, Hey T and that's just kind of like the nice part of where we live in our day and age. It's like so much information is accessible to like be able to grow and like learn like YouTube. We'll give credit to YouTube or, uh, you know, Google. Um, so I mean, I think, I think stepping into that now that you're kind of here planted yourself, I mean, fast forward, now you're kind of in the creative development space of projects and whatnot. Um, do you feel like you finally have arrived to where you're like, this is what I was made to do. Like, this is what I've been kind of like worked all, like kind of found a home of where to operate your creativity out of. Oh, I think you nailed it. That's exactly what's happened. I mean, I think one of the, the cool things about Reading and what I talk about is that the cost of the cost of entry is Mm -hmm. a lot lower Mm -hmm. than in the Bay. Oh yeah. So I, I think one, the Pebble Project, um, which I think Faith mentioned, is one of the projects that I'm working on right now. Um, I developed it. I designed it. Uh, I own it. Um, the cool thing about that is it started out as a four hundred a $400,000 buy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And that $400,000, I partnered with somebody and we put one hundred and twenty into the project initially. And we now own a house. 
and three lots. Mm -hmm. That same deal in the Bay would be mm -hmm. $1.2, $1.5 million to even think about Just starting. even starting. Yeah. So that it, it was so much easier to get in. And then you're right. I was able to do what I've always dreamed of is mm -hmm. design a cool project uh, and something that I had complete control over. Mm -hmm. No one, no one told me what to do at all about. I just got to build what I wanted to build mm -hmm. and what the vision that I had for those three or four lots. Yeah. Yeah. It, and if you haven't um, checked it out, it's over on Pebble Drive. It's I, it's your Scando Navian, Scandinavian modern, a modern yeah. um, kind of style, which I don't really think I think. And that's the cool part about being here in Reading is I would say we're a little bit more traditional. We're more Very behind the so. times. Yeah. Um, some houses are just straight up cookie cutters if you're developing and it's it, it gets boring. It gets boring after a while. And so it's like if you can kind of create something with uh, um, an artistic flair to it that makes it look different, that uh, helps it stand out. I feel like even when I'm selling a house, it's always like, oh, whoa, whoa, what's this? It just, you know, it's like a fish up water. Like yep. it's just like a fish upstream. It just like creates like a different thing. And so that's a cool part of like your creativity. And I think when I actually sat down with you, gosh, this was probably like before you even launched Pebble. I remember you said About very a year, clearly. A year and a half ago, yep. Yeah, no. And I, I think what you said very clearly, which I was like, that's cool. It's like, hey, this is the design that I want. Like we're not gonna attract it to every single person. And I'm just sticking to that. And I think, you know, as you create and you develop in real estate or even just develop a business, you know, as long as you're not like completely shut off to suggestions or what the, you know, criteria is asking you to build or, you know, run. It's like when you can know your unique space, that's when it becomes an opportunity for somebody to go, hey, like, why would I go hire him over him? It's like, yeah. oh, he has something different and I can actually see it, you know? So, yeah, it's cool. Um, well, I think the story part and kind of where you are and kind of just where you're processing through with like development and kind of landing here in Reading is really awesome. So, um, we are going to go to part two, which I'm excited about of just understanding a little bit more of why real estate development, because we have a lot of listeners wanting to invest in real estate. And I think that's just always what we get in our DMs. How do I start? How do I invest in real estate? And I think for your journey of starting and converting your garage into a tiny house or an in-law unit before it was popular and exciting, um, obviously creates a lot of curiosity on that space. So, um, thanks so much for tuning in this week to the hustle podcast and, uh, we'll see you next episode.